0: From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere.
1: Blogosphere.
0: Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber.
1: Welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, Chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new roles as builders of communities and content aggregators. And we're excited today to have a show about search and the future of search with Tom Wild, who is the CEO of EveryZing. Tom is a wildly recognized leader in the field of Internet search and online advertising. Prior to joining EveryZing, he held numerous leadership roles in the search field as Senior Vice President, General Manager of Co- Consumer Division at Domain Portfolio Company, Name Media, and Senior VP and General Manager of Miva, the former FindWhat.com uh, North American Division. At MIVE, he was responsible for both the U.S. online advertising network as well as the company's consumer business. He also served as a pioneering role at TerraLycos, managing the global search and publishing divisions but tom i guess i want to start with i don't know if we found what we're looking for yet i uh... i keep um, looking back at the um, the history of search and you know you were obviously part of it but the uh... magellans the excites the altavistas even the uh... Um, ask jeeves what what happened why didn't those guys break out and why did google break out
0: Yeah, no. thanks uh, thanks for uh, having me Larry. i appreciate it um, it, it's a great question. I think that, uh, you know, search continues to be an extremely challenging problem to solve um, in, in terms of scale and complexity. And I think that, um, you know, going back to the early days, um, you know, it was, was sort of approached first as a directory with a strong editorial component, and that quickly became uh, sort of overwhelmed by the explosion of, of content that was available. And a more automated uh, sort of algorithmic approach uh, became critical uh, to solving the equation. So I think that, that's what the sort of early days brought. And and search was really viewed by most of those companies that you listed in, in the major portals as sort of a, uh, a mechanism for uh, redistributing internal content rather than really helping people find everything possible on the web.
1: And what was it then that Made Google break out? Was it that they had the best algorithm to match sort of the request with the search so quickly, or or was it the advertising uh, model, or was it all all things considered?
0: Yeah, I think Google really had uh, three very strong uh, perspectives on the business and innovations that that allowed them to break out of the clutter. I think the first was PageRank, which was a, a very straightforward but very clever way to finally uh, sort of get at the problem of figuring out how to solve the relevancy equation. Um, so PageRank, um, as, as most people uh, probably recognize at this point, uh, is really sort of a voting mechanism. It looks at the number of uh, pages pointing to a particular page uh, to discern its, its importance or its relevancy for a given topic. Um, the second major uh, innovation at Google was, was what's called Keyword in Context, which was the ability to dynamically summarize a web page on the search results and show you where your keyword appears on that page in context. Right, that generated a great deal of, of help in terms of visual relevancy, allowing people to really determine what page was going to be appropriate in terms of their search. And then the third was, as you point out, I think, you know, when Google first launched, there were no advertisements at all. And at that time, most of the other search engines looked like, you know, a billboard on I-95, just, cluttered with display ads and and other forms of advertising and and really detracting from the search experience. And so Google's sort of, you know, clean, fresh start on that, uh, I think, helped them gain a lot of early traction.
1: Now, you know, you mentioned, you know, the um, sort of the visual um, just a moment ago. Why don't you tell us a little bit first before I ask this next question, a little bit about everything and what kind of search they're in?
0: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, we we've, we've view what we've developed here at Everything as applying a lot of um, sort of similar orders of magnitude of, of innovation in the video segment. Um, so the challenge in video um, uh, sort of prior to uh, the solution that we've developed is that uh, videos are indexed primarily just based on the title and, and a few tags uh, that are associated with that video. And, and that's really, the, the, you know, the best... Uh, best-in-class uh, up to this point. The analogy would be as if you built a web search engine that ignored the contents of the web documents and only indexed their titles. You know, people would right. say that's, that's crazy, not useful. But that is the, sort of the, the state of the art up to this point for video search. Um, so what we've done is, is uh, provide an ability to mine the contents of a video using uh, speech-to-text and other algorithms um, and provide that same kind of context for, for a search and navigation experience. In fact, if you do a search on a, on a body of, of video content that we've indexed, you'll actually see the same keyword and context uh, time-stamped within each of those videos.
1: Well, you know, it's very timely, too, because I mean, uh, as I say in, in my uh, current book, the whole web is going visual, and it's going to be visual very quickly. So. It represents both an opportunity for companies like yours, but also could it be an Achilles heel for Google if they are so text-based dependent?
0: Um, I think ultimately it could be. I, I, I do think that text is still very much the the gulf stream of the Internet, and and text is still the most efficient way. Um, to, to quickly determine and convey meaning. Um, so I think that, that, that text will continue to be uh, very important, but I think it's the ability to, to bridge text to other sort of visual formats that, that's really becoming critical, In an area where it's not clear you know, Google has, has placed their efforts. Um, they've, they've made some references to it, but, but uh, you know, certainly have, have continued to focus on, on sort of documents and, and, uh, uh, and, and images primarily.
1: And how about audio? I mean, does that just go hand-in-hand hand with video, or is it, can we, is it going to be a whole separate application so that I can listen to, um, you know, programs like this at any time I want?
0: Yeah, I think audio represents the same opportunity as video in terms of, uh, you know, better exposing it and making it more discoverable uh, to end users. Um, audio is sort of a, uh, an overlooked portion of the web today, and there's a, there's a terrific amount of of high-quality content in audio format. If you look at any of the major newspaper or radio sites, they're producing large volumes of high-quality audio content. And it's, it's hard to find. It's hard to find and hard to navigate to.
1: And do, do search engines like uh, everything help with that, too, as well, audio?
0: Yeah, the same, the same technology, the same approach is used for both audio and video, and the same benefits um, are derived. You know, we have a, an implementation across several uh, intercom radio sites um, including WEEI, which is the largest uh, sports radio site in the country, uh, and you're able to search across their whole audio vault with our technology. And we've driven a, a 16-fold increase in the unique users uh, in their audio vault over the course of the year. So um, it, users want this, this high-quality content. The, the challenge has really been uh, discovering it and, and navigating it.
1: That's amazing. You know, it's so funny in my... Uh my elderly dad, one of the only reasons he got a, a, a laptop a few years back was I told him he could listen to uh, a m sports radio while he was in Florida uh, a m sports radio from Cleveland while yep. he was in Florida. He said, "No, you can do that and so the you 're absolutely right there 's been some sort of um, ignoring of the power of you know audio as well as uh, a video power search.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I think it's a, it's a very hard problem to solve, which is why I, I think not too many uh, companies have been able to address it, um, but it represents a real opportunity.
1: Yeah. How about, um, you know, as a sidebar to, to all this, I keep hearing a lot about local search. Um, I mean, is this something that is, is that much different um, than you know, what sort of the mainstream of search is right now? Or does it represent more of an opportunity for advertisers than it does for tech, technical challenges?
0: Well, I think at the, at the end of the day, um, users really have this hope that the single search box is intelligent enough to uh, sort of discern their intent and deliver relevant information. And so local becomes... You know, just another slice of, of their their sort of daily search um, activities, and and the real key there is, you know, being able to organize that information geographically and, and append information on the web with with uh, geographic, um, you know, sort of latitude longitude, and then pivot around that to find businesses, and then from businesses to find ratings and recommendations. So, uh, local is definitely woven into the the fabric of the web, but you know, there you have a user with a specific uh, sort of geographic intent. So I think that it's, it's, a, it's a unique advertising opportunity. The local segment offline has long been a sort of multi-billion dollar, very lucrative opportunity for yellow pages and classifieds. It's a natural for the web, um, and I think there's a lot of exciting stuff happening there.
1: How about uh, you know uh, before we take a break? Doesn't that sort of lead into sort of you know uh, at least a little bit of a discussion and a and uh, an understanding of mobile search uh, or wireless search or you know gee I'm i, I just landed in uh, in London and I want to know you know where the best Indian restaurants are and all I have is my mobile phone. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it does. I, I think one of the big questions um, in the in the mobile segment is. Is mobile search truly a different, uh, a different enough application uh, because of the small form factor of your phone, or uh, do the phones continue to get uh, more and more powerful to the point where you're effectively just surfing the web from your phone? In which case, mobile search and web search are, are really the same thing, uh, provided that you can you can give your your search experience, you know, a, a geographic filter uh, to your point, so that you can. You know, if you're in London, search for London-based um, content or businesses or recommendations, whatever it may be. So I think that's that's sort of an open question. The iPhone clearly um, has has put in the hands of, of people a device arguably powerful enough to effectively just search the web. You know, it's not the mobile web, it's the web. Um, Google's yeah, that, Android phone, I think, is intended to do is, some of the similar the things as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to you know to to that point, I mean you know there's it's interesting at the airports lately, I've noticed fewer people taking out their laptops, so uh, and putting them in the bin, and uh, that must mean that they're relying more heavily on their blackberries or trios or or mobile phones, so maybe the users will drive this uh, application of of mobile search.
0: yeah, I think at the end of the day if you if you asked users, they would say they really want the web on their phone, they're not looking for sort of a separate experience. On their right. phone that they have to you know navigate differently or learn differently, and so you know th- that that convergence there is 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 I think most desired by by consumers
1: yep and um also, when do you think um you know we're going to hit this sort of next generation of search, this move to you know you know even though you you know you had said text is sort of the bedrock or the main flow of it, but when will we start seeing sort of a a more of a larger acceptance of video and audio search, in your opinion?
0: Well, I think as the the technologies um, enable uh, that content to be treated more uh, similarly to the the rest of the web content, this sort of universal search experience um, comes true, which is really what customers demand. I mean, when, when I ran search at Lycos, if you look at the data, very few people use advanced search features or like to navigate inside of sort of vertical or tabbed-based search. They really just want to type something into the search box and have the search engine be smart enough to return everything that's relevant. Um, so if someone searches for Tom Brady, they're not really caring whether it's a document or a video or an audio file. They're, they care that it's relevant to what they're searching for. So I think, you know, Creating technologies that allow all of that content to be intelligently uh, sort of blended and presented to the user uh, is really uh, what's what's next for uh, for search, uh, and and delivers what the consumers expect.
1: You know, one of the biggest complaints uh, a lot of people have is, uh, you know, how many results they get uh, from search, and that you know they'd be very um, excited about some kind of edited kind of search just think about an answer for that one as we take a break uh for a commercial right now uh and please stand by because we're going to come right back with tom Wilde, the ceo of everything for more compelling conversation about the future of search market edge will continue in just a moment
0: Mr. Scott, I can't get any more information onto our website. I'm doing the best I can, Captain. There's no more room on the server. It's gonna blow. Evaluation, Mr. Spock. The logical answer is Lunar Pages. Reputation, reliability, and legendary 24-7 support makes Lunar Pages the host to cling on to. Did you say cling on? Hi, Captain. Sign up at LunarPages.com and get $700 off coffee cup software absolutely free. If you call, they will answer. Lunar pages, it is. Beam us aboard, Mr. Scott. For out-of-this-world web hosting, Lunar Rocks. Sign up for web hosting with LunarPages.com and use coupon code LUNATICS to get $28 off. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money.
1: Period. XY7.com. Do you have a website? XY7.com. Would you like to convert your clicks into cash? XY7.com. Is the affiliate network that pays you daily? XY7.com. Not all website clicks are the same, but they're all worth money. XY7.com. Join today and start earning cash now. XY7.com. Has guaranteed commissions. You'll get paid even if we don't. Go to XY7.com now. Convert your website clicks to Cash.
0: SEO 101, Class is now in seconds. We're
1: talking social media and link bait with Brent
0: Satoris. Social media is a platform to give your content to an audience. So the conversion ratios are the same. All you're doing is you're increasing your numbers substantially. So those same people that one in every hundred that come by your site, if you put 100,000 people through there, the ratio still remains the same. You get 100 links out of it. New episodes Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And check out their live broadcast Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Or on demand anytime inside the search engine. Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm Podcasting at the speed of sound WebmasterRadio.fm The flamethrower WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape we now return to Market Edge Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber
1: Welcome back to Market Edge This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Search expert and pioneer Tom Wild, CEO of Everything, talking about the future of search and how it's going to impact all our lives, as it has immensely already. One of the negative sides we were talking about before the break is that many everyday people I talk to say, you know, I just get too many answers uh, whenever I do my searches, no matter the engine I use, and I don't know how to use what's called advanced search, and Tom, can you help us with this? Is there is there something coming down the road where you know it, we might get you know the best answers faster and easier?
0: Well, I think there's a couple things there. I think it, it's it's not likely that in the in the very near term, you know, we'll have sort of the level of artificial intelligence to uh, sort of digest several million pages and and uh, and sift those automatically. I think the bridge between today and, and that possibility in the future are some of the things in development such as semantic web approaches where adding more structured data um, to unstructured content such as a document or a video will give the users the ability to sort and filter more easily without having to learn, you know, complex boolean statements or some of the some of the things that that you know researchers uh, or librarians might use to sift large uh, large uh, content collections. So I think you know that's that's part of the Uh, of the critical piece here in terms of preparing content for search and and presentation for users, you know, and as an example with everything, um, when we create this rich metadata for a video or an audio file, we also run natural language processing against that, and we extract people's names and places and uh, locations and make those available for filtering and sorting uh, to the end user. So I think that's one of the bridges that that, uh, comes into focus in the next year or two.
1: You know, you bring that up, uh, the, I was so excited originally when I first used ACT-G's, uh, I don't know, what would that have been, 97 maybe, 98? Uh,
0: uh-huh. um,
1: but, you know, they marketed themselves as that natural language, and I was like, okay. You mean in, I can just I can put in a whole question or something like that? And it seemed to hold so much promise. Was it just too early for the application of the natural language search at that time?
0: Well, it's funny. I think you're seeing it again with some of the startups talking about uh, using natural language to solve the problem. I'm a skeptic. I think that the computational horsepower required to really do this is still out of reach um, and that the, the level of sort of artificial intelligence to truly understand meaning. Um, is just not there yet. Uh, it, it sounds promising, and, and it, it's, it's possible someday in the future, but I think that it's still out of reach in terms of having a broad enough application across something like web search. I think it's possible in, in a customer service environment where there's a much more controlled set of data, a much smaller set of data, but for general web search, I, I don't
1: think so. Um. You know, excuse me for asking the typical question, Tom, but is there another killer app for search? You know, is there, you know, Google seems to keep playing with, uh, you know, what we have. Now we have Earth, we have Maps, we have, uh, you know, you're working on audio-video. I mean, is there something that's just going to make the next, uh, you know, company that's worth $100 billion?
0: (laughs) boy, I mean that is uh that is the great question and and sort of pursued by by everybody on the planet because of google's uh, you know Google's demonstration of the the value that can be created. Um, i I don't know that there's there's going to be another uh, innovation of that magnitude you know in the near horizon uh, in terms of its its sort of financial uh, impact. I think that that said. Um, search today is still a long way from from being solved. If, I think if you if you talk to consumers, they would say that you know they're sort of 70% satisfied with with their web search experience, um, and and so you know certainly there's room to improve. I think though we're in a place where search has become so woven into users' expectations of of, of the internet that. Uh, Substantial improvements around local, around wireless, around multimedia um, are, are what's keeping it from being that you know sort of ninety percent satisfaction uh, experience. Those are those are some of the big pain points still out there.
1: One site I really like lately. I don't know if you've been on expo.tv.com, E-X-P-O mm-hmm. dot com. E X P O dot TV dot com. But what they do is there's sort of a marriage of. Uh, a Consumer Reports marries YouTube, and uh, you do your own video review of a product, say a high-definition television, and then the entire community, which is now up over 2 million people, votes on the best reviews in that category. Uh, and then, you know, if you're searching for reviews, you can stay within the site. You know, I don't know whether to call this social search, contextual search, peer-to-peer search, but how about this whole sort of, area of you know sort of next generation YouTube where you're starting to share your ideas you're not just performing and you're really so people can search on that if I'm in a best buy I want the best review from Expo TV on you know high-definition television that's a very tactical example but there's this whole sort of you know revolution in in social media. Where does this all go from a search perspective?
0: Well, I think it's it's a great illustration of, of sort of the uh, of some of the points there. In that, um, the same way that blogging you know made uh, created this uh, this ability for there to be mass journalism or citizen journalism, um, you know the the state of the art of, of video. Um, has, has come to the point where anybody can produce reasonably high-quality video content uh, you know, and, 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 and present on any topic that, that they have uh, something to say about. What that does, though, is, is create this whole uh, new uh, uh, body of content that, that is appearing on the web at an incredible clip in the form of multimedia, which means that the ability to integrate all formats of content on a given topic becomes even more important. You know, again, someone searching for Plasma TV reviews it doesn't really care if it's a video or a written format. They care that it's the best, you know, the best content, the, the highest quality yeah, review that's a they can find. Yeah. And so being able to integrate all content formats on a given topic becomes more and more critical, and I think where there just really, you know, hasn't been a solution prior to, to some of the things that we've, we've developed.
1: You know, it's going to be fun in the future to, you know, just to think you could sit down and go, I'd like the five best uh endings in American football. <laughs> you right. know, and be able to watch who, you know, collectively people have voted that the these are the five most exciting endings of games. I mean, you could go on and on in almost every category, I guess, you
0: know. You could. No. I think the the key enabler of that kind of experience is is first the discovery piece because being able to, to to rate or vote or comment on those in the first place assumes that all of the best candidates uh, to be voted or rated or commented on can be discovered and found and, and navigated to.
1: Um, you know, just shifting directions a little bit, it, not, and not paying any uh, homage to any of your competitors, but who are some of the other next-generation search companies, uh, and what are they doing uh, that you could tell our audience about, not just everything?
0: I think there's some interesting developments around uh, collaborative filtering um, and, and sort of community ranking of results, uh, which I think has has good application uh, around certain verticals or smaller communities. I think around web search, it's still tough because um, you know the premise is if if people like you um, searched on terms like yours, you know, do you want to see the results sort of ranked the way um, the way they seem to like them? Well. I don't know. It's it, it. You know. I think that's uh, uh, beneficial in some cases. In some cases, uh, maybe not. But I think there's definitely some some interesting applications around community and collaborative filtering uh, for search. I think we'll see in the next couple years the ability to navigate images uh, using sort of visual representations of of queries. So if I see a a photo of of a mountain scene, you know, I can I can ask for more scenes like that. Um, I think we're a long way from doing that with video, just because the processing power required is so much greater. Um, but I think um, you know there's there's some applications such as that uh, out there as well.
1: Five years from now, Tom, I sit down. What does my Google landing page look like, or what is my, uh, for that matter, what does my Everything landing page look like, or do I even have those?
0: Um, you know, I think search continues to be woven into everything you do uh, five years from now at an even greater level. So, you know, if you look at IPTV, and we've talked about mobile a bit, um, you know, search just becomes almost like an operating system for, for all content applications and content devices. I think we're already seeing signs of that. But that, but that, that truly becomes the case five years from now is the ubiquity of, of search um, as, as sort of the, the content operating system of the future. Um, your landing page, you know, definitely ha- has gotten smarter five years from now, and is able to suggest interesting content to you, you know, based on observing your, um, you know, your 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 daily life in terms of the emails you've you've read or sent, the web pages you've read, um, you know, things you've commented on, and there's just a whole lot more intelligence around um, sort of agent based assembly of, of interesting content for you. And that also impacts uh, your search experience and begins to address the issues you describe of, you know, getting a million documents back on a query isn't very useful.
1: You know, uh, we have a, a big audience of professional marketers on, uh, on the show Market Edge, and I know you know marketing well. How does, could you at least give us a couple or some some thoughtful po- uh, points about uh, how the future of search impacts what a marketer does for their his or her job every day
0: well, I think that you know the, the paid search uh, revolution really brought home the fact that uh, there, there isn 't such a distinction between advertising and content in the consumer 's mind. The distinction is more one of relevancy so if i 'm searching for, um, if i 'm searching for information about plasma televisions. I'm happy to get that content from uh, a manufacturer or or a merchant if it's highly relevant and helpful to to my you know my information discovery uh, task at that time. So I think what it says is marketers will continue to need to focus on informing customers um, in a way that certainly you know needs to portray their products in a good light because that's what that that's what marketing is is really you know. Designed for, which is to drive, you know, drive engagement with customers and revenue and sales and all those sorts of things. But the, the web is really a, an information uh, medium, and that ability to inform, entertain, you know, and and market is, is the art uh, I think on the web. Um, that's that's uh, becoming more and more critical. Um, as users, you know, continue to to base their their activities on the web around what's relevant to them and what's what's useful.
1: That's the exchange. To that you know, point, it, exchanging be more attention of of because the web sort of is a lead-forward medium. Paid exchanging attention or you know for for, and, for value in terms and, of information and and continues to be uh, critical. But you just can't buy your way on the web.
0: I, I don't think so. I think those models have have largely uh, proven really challenging. And I think if you think about video advertising. The 30-second sort of branded spot online is is a tough sell. I think marketers in the video category are going to need to get their heads around producing several hundred uh, spots at, you know, uh, a few thousand dollars each rather than a single 30-second spot for, you know, $600,000 for the Super Bowl. I I think it's a a big sea change that's going to need to happen in the next two years uh, for people looking to do video-based advertising online.
1: It's amazing that, you know, companies as big as General Motors just announced, you know, we're going to cut $400 million from our television advertising budget. And they said, we don't know where it's going, but it's not going to television. <laughs>
0: right. And I think if you if you look at the efficiency of spend that you can get online and the production costs, you know, there really are ways to both, both reduce your total spend um, but but still get a much more vibrant – um, dialogue uh, going with your with your customer base and and finding them exactly where uh, you know where they 're at uh, a point of their purchase research or activity that that you can influence them, but again influence them by by building that trust through informing them
1: well uh, we 're just about out of time, but one last question to you tom wild where 's everything in a couple of years, or where would you like it to be, and what are you building for it to be like?
0: yeah I think um, we' look for everything to become sort of the standard way that multimedia content uh, is processed and indexed and 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 made discoverable to end users um, and I think you know we've got we've got the sort of base technology and product platform to do that. Uh, I think it's been amazing in in the second half of this year how many content producers um, have have come to the the realization that um, optimizing um, their multimedia content for discovery in the same way that they 've they 've uh, done with text content uh, is something they need to focus on and that that 's I, I think a big uh, a big trend into two thousand and eight as well and I, I think we, you know we feel like we 're going to be a big part of that
1: Well, it sounds like you are Tom Wild, CEO of everything. Thanks so much for being on market edge today Tom
0: thanks a lot, Larry. great to be here.
1: And thanks to everyone for listening to today's Market Edge Conversation. Uh, Be sure to tune in next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time at www.webmasterradio.fm. We're going to have a great set of speakers this year, uh, just like Tom Wild. We have uh, invitations out to everybody from Rupert Murdoch to Meg Whitman, and I think we're going to be learning a lot about Web 2.0 and the marketing environment. Thanks again. This is Larry Weber, your host of Market Edge. See you next Tuesday.